Asri Report on Sabahul Muslim. Joining us for this week's uh, Asri Report, we've got Rashad Amra. We're taking a look at uh, the budget speech div- delivered uh, earlier this week by Finance Minister Enoch Gonangwana. Rashad, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome. Welcome, Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. How are you? Alhamdulillah, and yourself, how are you doing? Alhamdulillah, shukr, alhamdulillah. Okay, so the central emphasis of this budget and in recent years has been fiscal consolidation. What is fiscal consolidation in layman's terms and why is this important for South Africa right now? Okay, okay. So, Bismillah, um, fiscal consolidation essentially refers to government trying to stabilize its debt ratio. So, uh, total debt expresses the share of the size of the economy. So, it's called the debt to GDP ratio. Now, why uh, this is the context we find ourselves in is uh, post the 2008 financial crisis, um, South Africa's spending growth uh, and relative to its revenue and relative to the size of the economy uh, was in a path to try and you know, improve the overall state of the economy through fiscal expansion to spending more to stimulate the economy. But the economy never responded adequately, right? The economy's growth was still rather poor. Then we had COVID. And at the COVID time, our debt levels were relatively high compared with other countries and the amount of uh, revenue we were contributing to pay uh, holders of our debt. So essentially interest on our debt was really high. And then we had it took a huge knock in terms of our revenue because business slowed down in 2020, 2021. And we had to borrow even more to, uh, to make ends meet. And so now we're sitting with a huge debt stock and we're contributing every 20, every 20 cents we collect, SARS collects, is going towards debt service costs. Now, if that trajectory continues, we're going to see a situation where it's 25%, 25 cents in the RAND, 30 cents in the RAND that goes to servicing debt. And when your debt service costs are consuming a larger share of the revenue you raise and the share of your overall expenditure, then there's less resources available to pay nurses, to pay doctors, to build roads, to pay for schools and everything else the, the state does. Uh, so it's quite critical that the country consolidate its finances. So they've been doing, trying to achieve this for at least uh, the last eight to ten years, but it's been slowed down by several factors. Uh, amongst them, uh, wage negotiations that settle above inflation, and so more resources are required for that. Uh, amongst this has been very poor revenue performance, with the exception of last year and the year before. Uh, revenue has underperformed uh, estimates, and growth has underperformed. Consequence, what we expect uh, in terms of stabilization of debt, so your debt ratio not increasing or, or increasing at a lower rate, uh, has not materialized. So this is, again, the theme and the strong emphasis in this year's budget. Uh, and it seems um, that this may be achieved uh, over the next two years. It looks more credible than it was in last year's budget. So we continue with this. Um, it's obviously uh, the implication of fiscal consolidation uh, is that there's less resources that would ordinarily be for the critical pressing public needs. Uh, and so consolidation is a very costly affair, and you may hear the term austerity being used by civil society, by the unions, by the left, by the opposition. Uh, it's very austere because you're slowing down the, the, the resources available whilst the population is growing, and so your per capita allocation, so that's the allocation relative to the number of people in Rashad, can you still hear us? 
Rashad? Okay, we seem to have uh, lost Rashad there. We'll try and get him back on the line. Rashad Amra from Asrik, unpacking the budget speech of the uh, finance minister, which was delivered on Wednesday this week for us. And he was talking to us there about what is this fiscal consolidation that, they, uh, that they're talking about. As soon as we, we get him back, we will uh, try and uh, recommence that discussion, inshallah. Uh, we're going to talk also about some of the other aspects uh, in the budget speech. Rashad, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Where did we drop off? What yeah, just, just towards thing? the end there where you were talking about fiscal consolidation. Okay. So, I, yeah, I was saying that the cost of consolidation is quite high in terms of, of the country and the people in the country, right? Because consolidation implies or has material, has realized uh, slowing down allocation in terms of expenditure for the various um, areas in which the state spends. And as a consequence, you've seen a weakening state, poorer service delivery, and service delivery wasn't, begin, wasn't great to begin with, and the needs of the country are, are more pressing and emerging. So this consolidation is a very costly affair, but it seems to be uh, plausibly realized over the next two years. Now, how are the expenditure adjustments likely to affect service delivery in the country's development prospects? <clears throat> okay, so this, this particular budget, the 2024 budget, importantly added uh, $57 billion, uh, back into the budget that was taken out last year uh why this was why this was the case and why this is important is because last year uh, treasury made some unreasonable assumptions and some we think were just uh simply non-starters uh when it tabled last year's budget assuming that there would be a zero increase in uh, in wages for public servants uh and made certain assumptions about other expenditure items which are not plausible like the srd grant the COVID srd grant uh and so tried a very hard has a very hard, fast cut to expenditure uh, last year. And as a consequence, you had a budget that was not uh, realistic. And so this year they've reversed some of those cuts uh, by adding uh, in, the, in, the, in the score for $57 billion back uh, to the budget. Uh, and this was to allow for, for wage increases over the medium term. So you had a wage agreement last year in March from the public sector union uh, that was related to inflation and for this year as well. And the implication, if Treasury stuck to its guns, would be there would be less uh, to spend on goods and services by provincial departments and national departments. So we have to take away from medicine and take away from, from lab fees and take away from textbooks and take away from other goods and services that you procure as departments to pay for the wage increase. And this would have been terrible for service delivery. And so Treasury has re-added this. Uh, back to uh, back to the budget. Now, when we look at this, I mean, it may seem like a good thing, and it is a good thing, but this is on the back of several years of very austere cuts and slowdown in expenditure. So this is good in the short run. It, it means teachers will be paid, but it doesn't allow us to expand the, the public service to, to ensure that, you know, there's a, there's a story right now in the papers about inadequate uh, funding for doctors. So the doctors coming out of their uh, internship and comm service aren't being uh, aren't being absorbed by the state, and so this weakened state delivery. So it's good in the short term, but it needs to be contextualized in the overall decade of uh, of austerity. So no new taxes were introduced, Rashad, but uh, the main tax proposals include no inflation adjustments for personal income tax, income tax brackets and above inflation adjustments to some uh, exercise tax rates. So no increase also in the proposal uh, in the proposed fuel levy how is all of this expected to affect the average south african 
So I think the decision not to incre- in, uh, increase the fuel levy, which already takes a significant portion of your of your pump price, uh, is is welcome both by uh, by the consumer, but also uh, looking at the the pressures facing uh, your households and and consumption uh, consumption pressure as well in the country. So that's a pretty good thing for now. The other concern or the or the other side of that is that the road accident fund has very significant liabilities. These liabilities are in some parts, in some sense, an apartheid legacy, but also having an overly generous uh, RAF uh, uh, benefits or, and, and unscrupulous lawyers that go after the RAF. Uh, and so, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So the, the RAF part is, is really great in terms of the, the and the fuel levy. On the other hand, what you had is, uh, and some consumers may, may miss this, but every year what government does, it adjusts its tax brackets. Right, so the, the thresholds for tax. Now, what we have in our country is a progressive personal income tax system. So, the more you earn, the more you pay in terms of a percentage of your overall income. Now, what the fair thing to do is every year your salary increases because, well, it should increase because of inflation, or at least some, some index to inflation. It doesn't mean your real income is uh, is increasing because the cost of, of goods has also gone up. So, what government does is a sense of relief to consumers and to personal income uh, taxpayers. It adjusts upwards based on inflation the tax brackets. Now, this year, they've not given that. So even if you receive a 6% increase in your salary, either one March this year or one Jan this year, uh, you will not, you will pay the same amount nominally on your personal income tax, but overall, you're poorer because of this. So this is a government essentially taxation through stealth, and it's expected to raise about 45 billion rands uh, over the next three years. This is important. So 15 billion this year, around 16 next year, and 17 the following year. This is important because um, you have revenue gaps, and uh, it's it's a rather it's a less controversial uh, way to adjust it without you know having to to uh, go through the whole uh, political process and and policy process. So it's sneaky in the in the from their side, but at the same time it's understandable given uh, you previously had a, a VAT increase. And, you've, and CIT, corporate tax, is, uh, is uh, very precarious right now. So increasing that may not be the best option. Now, one of the big talking points was uh, the gold and foreign exchange contingency reserve settlement amounting to about 150 billion ran over the medium term, which uh, has assisted the country's financial position. Uh, was, is, is this something prudent? Uh, it's like selling the family silver uh, to avoid the loan sharks or, the, or a crisis. So, um, so that's the Jafekra. So this is the gold, uh, gold and foreign exchange deposit we have at the central bank, at the Reserve Bank, that be- belongs to the Treasury. Uh, it's essentially an accounting phenomenon because you have these foreign exchange uh, deposits that are that are in uh, forex, so they're in gold, and I mean they're in gold, they're in dollars, they're in pounds, they're in euros, and the like. Uh, as the rand depreciates, uh, these reserves increase in terms of the rand value. So if the rand was 10 to the dollar and you had $10, it would be worth 100 rand. And as the, dollar, as the rand depreciates and it's now 20 rand to a dollar, it's worth 200 rand. So uh, that's been the case. And this is essentially used by the Reserve Bank uh, to intervene in, in, in the forex market to, to try and stabilize the value of the rand. Now, this is an asset not of the Reserve Bank, but the, but of the government. Now, those deposits were really huge. They still are quite huge compared with other countries, so we're an outlier. But the idea is like, if this is lying over there, uh, and we can uh, we can use it, uh, and we can use it prudently, what's the big deal, right? So, uh, but those are assumptions. Now, I think it is it's being used prudently over the next three years, 150 billion rands. The important thing over here is that this avoids us having to issue debt of 150 billion rands at 8 to 9% a year.
And so you, you avoid the interest cost. Now, this is not a renewable resource. Um, once you use it, it we use it. Uh, and so I think it's prudent that they're using this to decrease the borrowing requirement over the next couple of years. And also then you don't have to pay interest on what would have been the counterfactual. So I think it's a good move as long as government doesn't do anything imprudent with it. And I don't think there's anything, any cause for concern in the current budget. Obviously, um, depends what happens later on this year with the elections. So, yeah, I mean, let's conclude on that. Being an election year, the date is now set. Uh, The president was criticized for delivering an election speech during the SONA. Was this an election budget? I don't think this was an election budget. So you characterize an election budget by, you know, massive uh, overtures of populism to important constituencies. And there was nothing of that sort in this particular budget. Yes, the COVID SRD grant, which was supposed to be temporary, which was initiated in 2020, to protect the, the poor and vulnerable from the effects of, of, of lockdown and, 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 and the recession. Uh, that's been extended. Um, so that's the only thing, I mean, quote unquote populist, but also it's a very humane thing uh, to have. Uh, and that's been budgeted for, for this year and there's an allocation for the next two years of the medium term. So that, in, in, in my assessment, is the only populist, um, um, and, and, and even the term populist, I mean, I think there's a bit of an arrogant, conservative, wealthy term, wealthy, wealth, wealthy, uh, characterization of of of, of um, moves that are that are humane, that are civil, as populist, and I think this country needs to be commended for having a COVID SRD grant, even if it's not affordable right now. So I don't think the COVID SRD grant is populist. The rest of it, I think, the government and the treasury has stuck to its consolidation efforts. It's it. Uh, further bitter, bitter um, medicine on the population for the next two to three years to try to realize its fiscal objectives. Uh, and so in that sense, I think the Treasury has been insulated from some of those uh, uh, um, election uh, trends and currents and, 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 uh, and attempts to, to, make, uh, to, to give overtures to, to some of the constituencies. But uh, that's my assessment. I, I think it was a very prudent approach by Treasury. Uh, they've achieved consolidation over the next two years. We hope uh, the assumptions are credible. Uh, but it then, what happens on the 1st of June um, could derail this or continue this. Shad, shukran so much for your time this morning and for chatting to us. We really appreciate it. Jazakallah khair and all the best for the guest of uh, Shaban and Abadan, inshallah. Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That was uh, Rashad Amra with this week's Asri Report.